Welcome to the We Should Talk podcast. I'm your host, David Donias. This is episode two of the entrepreneurship series where we discuss our experiences while on the journey to financial independence. This is a guest episode, so let's get right into it. AJ, thank you for coming, buddy. Hey, how are you? Good, good. Thanks for coming up, man. Yeah, no problem. How's everything going? Good, good. Yeah? Thanks for having me here. Awesome. No, thank you for coming. I know that w- I talked to you about coming out you know, a few weeks ago. Uh-huh. Well, actually, a couple months ago. A couple months ago. And then and a few weeks ago. Once I we tried started. to excuse myself out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too busy. Wow. I know. The time. So thank you for taking the time to get out here. No problem. So let's get into it, man. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, my name is Aswin Knight Jokel, but people know me as AJ or at work at my kitchen. They call me Chef Aswin. Chef Aswin. Okay. Yeah. Or, you know, AJ is a lot easier. So, <laughs> you know, you can call me ever, whatever. So, yeah, I was born and raised in Thailand. I was born in Bangkok, Thailand in 1970. And then when I was six, seven years old, my parents moved up north, um, in the northern Thailand. And uh, where I was uh, grew up is called uh, Chiang Mai. It's more like a second capital of Thailand. Oh, okay. It's, um, it's beautiful. Right now, it's a little, little crazy now because, you know, Bangkok grows so fast and people move out. Move out of Bangkok, go somewhere else. And Chiang Mai is like a second destination. That's where people want to take vacation, go visiting, you know, um, open business. Stuff like that. So so they leave Bangkok and they go to, yeah, to that city. Yes. Okay. So, yeah. And um, when I was um, 19, I started getting into music stuff. And then I was after school, I just, um, you know, all over the place in Thailand, play with a band. So we do, um, you know, bar, club, stuff like that. And uh, I moved here when I was 27 years old. It's 1999. 1999. Long time ago. Awesome print song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It seemed like not too long ago, but now look back. Now it's 2020. Time flies. Yeah. Yeah. Very long time. So You guys came directly to Orlando? Yes. Yes. My mom lived here. My mom came uh, 10 years early before me. So my mom came in 1988. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, about 10, 11 years before me. Before I came. A lot before you came, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. All right. So it was a culture shock in the first, I would say the first couple of years. Very, very homesick because everything different. Well, at first, language totally different. Sure. Right? Uh, food, um, you know, the way people driving because in Thailand, we drive on the left side of the road. Here's the right. We drive on the wrong side for you, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's. It's a lot of thing, um, you know, have to take it in. So it's, it's a lot. What made you leave to come here? Well, um, first, my mom lived here and I want to be with her. That's, that's first. And the second is, you know, I'm just start getting not too old, but almost 30. And, you know, it's, I'm tired to like, you know, touring, like go all over the place. I want to set it out somewhere, you know. And um, and I think um, back then, talk about 20, 30 years ago, the um, the music career not stable in Thailand. You know, you can lose your job any day. You know. Yeah. I mean, so you so that I decided to come here to 
want to like work like regular job like everybody else you know like looking for five. opportunities yeah, something more stable five. yeah so yeah so the reason that i asked you to come was because you recently opened up your own uh your own uh, food business your correct, own uh, correct, restaurant correct so you were a musician you toured yes. and everything talk about how you actually got into cooking well i came here the first when i got here um i stay home for like a month and my mom like hey i got you a job It was a dishwasher at her work. So, and, you know, for me, it's, I hate it. Because, you know, you play in the band, you know, you know, nice, you know, dress night, and now you're in the kitchen. Scrap pots and pans. Getting dirty. Right. So, I don't like the job. But what else I can do? I can't, I didn't speak much English back then. So, I'm like, okay, I need to improve my English so that way I can move up you know, get out of this job. That's what, what I did. At night, I um, attend, um, you know, the school, the uh, Orlando, what you call the um, the public school. Okay. Yeah. Every night, Monday to Friday, and then work their time. Um, at first, it's part-time, you know. Um, some some weeks, some week we work, a chef will give you like, you know, 40 hours, some week maybe 20, some week maybe 50. And back then, the um, the minimum wage, it was $6.50 per hour. So you were get, that's what you were getting paid? Yeah. <laughs> $6.50 an hour to $6 wash dishes. $6.50 an hour, yeah. You know, as, as much as I hate it, but when the paycheck came out, I'm like, wow. You know, there was so much money because, you know, I, you know, I look at, turn to from from US dollar to Thai currency. Man, that's a lot of money. A lot of money. Yeah. So that's, you know, keep me going. And then while in the downtime at work, the chef will, you know, teach me how to like cut uh, fruit and vegetable, how to dice, how to, you know, peel, stuff like that. And that I learned from there. And by the next couple of years from the dishwasher, turn to, um, you can, um, at that time we call prep cook. So I'm not really cook yet, but kind of prep. You know, I can cut, I can peel and cut carrots in 50 pound bags of carrot in 45 minutes. Mm. You know, cut potato, 50 pound bags of potato, onions, stuff like that. Then I moved from the kitchen to the other kitchen downstairs. Well, where I work was on the third floor of SunTrust uh, parking building in downtown. Okay. And then... They moved me from there to second floor. It was a cafeteria back then and open for public. So very busy. Okay. And then the chef was teaching me how to, you know, cook, you know, sear the chicken, cook some pasta, this and that. This was the same cook that started having you cut the fruit and that kind of stuff? Right, 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 right. Same, same, same company, just, you know, different kitchen. So, yeah, I learned from there. And then I watch Food Network a lot. I love the yeah. Food Network. I watch a lot, you know, learn from there, see the different recipe. Because at that time, 1999, 2000, not really internet available yet. It was just starting to come out, yeah. Right, just start come out. But, you know, we really, some, for some people, they can't afford to have a computer. Because back then, there's no smartphone yet. No. So... Yeah, so we rely a lot on TV. 
So Food Network, that's, you know, that's for me to go to when I come home from work. And also it's learn English in the same time while you're watching. You right, because you're trying to figure out what they're saying and all that. Right, yeah. learn the uh, recipe and, le- and then learn um, English at the same time. So anyway, from there, you know, my, my cooking career, my cooking journey is, you know, get going until, and I've been moving to different location, different company, and then I end up to be a head chef at, uh, for the company, I work for a company called U.S. Dining. And I end up very long time with them, same location at Siemens, um, the energy company mm-hmm. by UCF. Yeah. I worked there for nine years. Nine years. And then um, we lost the contract. And then I've been working with a different company for um, almost a year. Then COVID came. That's COVID. the end. That's the end. And that's when you and I met. Right, right, right. So for everybody listening, the way AJ and I met is that I remodeled his mom's uh, bathroom in her right, master right, bedroom. Right. And so we started talking while I was over there and both musicians and that right, kind of stuff. Right. And the food smelled awesome. Oh, and then, we yeah. At that time, I started cook for my, my mom's kitchen. And we do um, pre-order through uh, Facebook and IG. Like, hey, you know, I make this, this, this. You can pre-order and, you know, come pick it up or, you know, whatever um, deal was. Anyway, and, and you were like, hey, food smells great. What are you cooking, you know? Absolutely. Right. It smelled really good. Right. <laughs> um, well, since COVID came and I lost my job and um, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm on the uh, unemployment it take forever to get money right away. Um, yeah, that was a complete mess. Right, right. But uh, I'm not the kind of person that, you know, sit around and wait for, you know, money to come in, you know. And also, um, that time I just sold my house too. Um, I live on uh, on Curryford area. It's not far from my mom's. Actually, about 15 minutes. And I sold the house and um, I pay off, you know, the house. And I make, uh, you know, some money. And then I took the money to start my business. Yeah, but before that, I um, while I'm waiting for unemployment, I start cook from uh, from my mom's kitchen, and you know post on Facebook to sell, and then um, for a few months, and then after that, I'm thinking like if I'm still doing this, I'm not gonna go anywhere in this you know business because is very limited for my customer because I only do uh, two days a week. What if you want to eat my food on Monday? I'm not cooking. I do on Sunday and Wednesday, you know. What about the other five days, you know? And then um, I talk to my friends which are on the restaurant where I am right now, and he suggests that, you know, I should do um, through uh, Uber Eats. That's what I did right now. So you transitioned into Uber Eats. Right. Yeah. Right. So let's go back for a second. So you lost your job. Uh-huh. COVID and all that came. Uh-huh. You're home waiting for that complete of a mess for unemployment to get right, resolved. Because right. here in Florida, again, guys, we're in Orlando. So all the references are streets. That's in Orlando, as we said before. But over here in Florida, that whole unemployment system was a mess. It was all over the news. And you decided to not wait 
Talk to me about that decision of of saying, you know what, I'm going to start something even if it's from home. Uh huh. Well, at at first, you know, my mom said, "Well, it's it's a crazy mess right now. Why don't you like, you know, save money, try not to do anything, you know?" But uh, I said, "Well, let's let's um, you know, make the food and you know, sell through uh, Facebook and IG." Maybe some people want to eat it, you know, want to know about my food. Um, Is that an idea that you had or just it Well, happened? I, since I moved from my, my, my old house to my mom, I didn't know what to do, right? I mean, you know, lay around, watch YouTube or whatever. And then um, one of a friend of mine, she posts on Facebook. She like, hey, when are you going to make that uh, chicken and rice? Let me know next time if you make it, I'll buy from you. That would give me the idea like hey, that sparked the idea. Yeah, that that's the main part of, of the you know, this concept came out. I said, Well, maybe if I try on Facebook, maybe somebody want to buy it. So that um about a week later, I post on Facebook like, Hey, I gonna make this Hainan we call um Hainanese chicken and rice. Is actually this dish is originate in China. When Chinese people migrate from China to Thailand, they brought with them and became one of Thai, I would say not Thai food, be um Thai street food or comfort food, which you cannot find in any Thai restaurant here at all. Because it's not traditional Thai. Right, right. But I think I'm pretty good at it. On this this uh this dish because I've been eating since I was a little kid until I grew up until now. I've had it a couple of times and it's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think the sauce was, you know The sauce. Yeah, the sauce awesome. makes it, yeah. Right. So anyway, I um the first time I did on Facebook, it was the first time we did, I think I sold about fifty boxes. That first week that you made the that post. Week, the first week was 50. That's a pretty good response. Right. And then my second week, it was 75. And then when third week came, it was like 97 boxes that day. And you know, I, for me, I always think to myself, like whatever come fast, they're going to go fast. And I don't want that to happen, but it's already happened, you know? By the third week, we got like 97, 98 boxes. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe next week going to go down, you know, because people are too excited, you know, and come too fast. And I was right. By the fourth week, is come down to like 40 boxes. And after that, I've been doing about 40 boxes to 50 boxes each, each um, Sunday. Some week, really bad, be like 20 boxes. I think because people get excited. Something new? It, something new in the, the first, you know, three, four weeks. And then after they have it, they're like, oh, that's it. You know, maybe next month I'll have again. So, and then I'll, I'll keep doing that for a few months. Um, well, what, what kind of a, so you're going like exponentially for the four weeks Right. From a few, you know, 40 boxes, which is great, 40, 50 boxes, to 100 boxes, let's call it. Right. That was feeling good, but you were already anticipating something. When it when it dropped down, 
what was that like? Did you ever have a feeling of maybe I should start thinking of something else or, or what was your mindset? It's so many uh, feeling at that time, like why this happened? You know, it's like, you, you know, you have like your thought, like fighting, like, okay, people say it was great. And why nobody order it? You know, like I, I always put on, on Wednesday afternoon that, Hey, I'll, you know, doing this on Sunday, normally by Wednesday night or Thursday night, could be uh, a lot of messages coming, you know, people calling or texting like, hey, I want this, this, this. But some week, Friday night is nothing. I'm like, oh, crap, what happened? You know, it's kind of like, I feel like I'm just, you know, it's just a big failure sometime. Like, hey, what happened? Is my food good enough? really good enough, you know, I doubt it. Sometimes I doubt myself, like, what happened? You know, a month ago, really good. And then I talked to my mom. She was like, well, you know, this is business. It's up and down. You cannot expect, you know, you know, like income, you know, it's more like give and take, you know, sometimes some week you take a lot. But some week you have to keep away, you know. It's it's feast or famine. Sometimes right, you're right, right, right. more business than you right, can handle, right. and other times it's not. Right. This is you know, it's real life, you know. And beside that, I used to work um, part time in Thai restaurant a lot back then um, on the weekend. And yeah, I I I have been work with uh, you know a couple new Thai restaurant, and I see the struggle of the owner, and now you know happened to me. And make I understand that, you know, it's, it's going to take time. It's going to take time. So you realized, having your conversation with your mom, that it, this is, is something that is not going to happen from overnight, right? Right. Most right. of those stories right. don't happen to everybody. Those are very rare. Some, well, some people might get lucky. Like some people might open a restaurant and make it, you know, profit and, you know, get big, like in a year. They pay off everything. But that's you know? very, very few people. Few. Or in yeah. any type of business. Right, right. To begin with. Right. Yeah. A lot of uh, friends of mine open restaurant, um, a lot of them will make it like after two years. You know, the first two years, probably a lot of loss, a lot of loss in the first two years. But after that, it will take about two years. Yeah, restaurant business is particularly tough. Right. Very tough. Very tough. Very tough. Yeah. And I'm, I'm kind of preparing myself for that too. So so talk to us about then from the transition of everything went down, how did you get to the point where you're like, you know what, I need to officially, you had the thought of I need to get out of here. Because you had mentioned to me, hey, I'm thinking about going to my friend's restaurant and cooking from there. Right, right. I've been talked to them. I have a couple of friends who own the restaurant. Um and they're both more like a, my mentor because even though they're a lot younger than me, but they're in the business first before me. So I um, asked them for advice a lot. And um, at first for me, I want to start this business around sometime around um, next year, right? I talked to my mom like, you know what? Maybe I should wait until COVID is clear and then open, right? But in Florida, it's, it's never going to be clear easily, 
right? So I'm waiting for a few months, and then you know the case keep getting more and more cases, and come to the point that you know what? I think I should open soon. I'm not in a rush, but you know, soon push up the schedule as soon could be better because you know, God knows when COVID gonna be you know over with. So, um, that's from um, take back from uh, I cook from my mom' kitchen, and um, you know I think that at that point after a few months, I'm thinking that if I'm not if I'm not do uh, with Uber Eats or you know some kind of like um, online, I'm not gonna get more customer because for me it's very very limited. Like you know, I do Sunday, Sunday pick up from five to six thirty, seven o'clock, and then Wednesday that's it. Like I say, if you want, you know, another five days left, what are you gonna do? Right, because if that weekend I didn't want any, but then on Monday I'm like, you know what? Now I really want some time. I'm sorry, I right. didn't cook today. And then they're gonna order from somewhere else. Right, right. So right. you needed to make yourself more accessible, is what you realized. Right, right, exactly. Yep. And so. Did you have any fears of saying, well, now if I move to a, an actual restaurant. To a commercial kitchen. Yeah. What what kind of apprehensions did you have? Or, or was that a difficult decision to make or no? Not not difficult at all. But, you know, it's, it's more like, I think everything in life is more like gamble. The way you make decision. Even though, you know, sometimes you, you, you think that you... Think about, think twice, you know, think, you know, thought about it through, you know, talk to somebody, blah, blah, blah. Still, still gamble, you know, because you don't know the, you know, how going to turn out, you know. It's not guaranteed. Right. You know, you for me, I don't have, you know, crystal ball to say, hey, if I open this by next six months, I'm going to make money. You know, people, half of um, people in Orlando gonna knows me. I, I I don't know. I can't I can't predict the future. So Right. You basically it's you dealt with the realization that hey there's no there's no given. I can wait another two years, but there's no promise even if I wait longer that it's gonna be a success. Right. Right. So you decided just, you know what, I'm gonna take the step and do it. Right. What was the implementation of that? Like, so there, I'm sure there was a lot of logistic changes because you're you're cooking in in a residential kitchen at your right, mom's. Right. Did that make it um, easier or to to accommodate high volumes of food? Um, for me, I think very much the same, and also I I I have been working you know big kitchen for so long, so move from my mom's kitchen to commercial kitchen. It's not much change, beside that you know the commercial kitchen more um, easy to work with than kitchen at home. You know the oven, everything have gas. You know gas uh, stove. You know it's it seem faster when more you efficient, work, more efficient, very fast. You know you want to boil water. You know you want to cook something in the oven faster. The oven at home, you have, you have to wait. You know longer. To cook, you know? Yeah. The pot's smaller at home, you know? So it made the process easier for easier, you? Easier, faster, very efficient. So how did you decide to implement moving over from 
the house to the commercial kitchen and how did you transition advertising finding customers that kind of situation like what was the adaptation process um i well before that before i moved about a week or so before i moved from my mom's kitchen to um commercial kitchen we were on vacation you know because i think like if i open business i don't i'm not gonna have time to go anywhere else so let's take time maybe you know a few days to go take vacation so i post on ig on my my um um you know men's kitchen ig and facebook that we will be closing from i couldn't remember what day it is from october uh i think october 3rd until october 12th you know we will be closed and you guys can order from us october 13th through uber eats that's what i i i post and then um you know facebook and and instagram also they have a promote you know the button for you to promote that post so that's what i promote i pay i think one dollar per day to boost it to boost that so you know they can send that out to people and they can see it like oh they close and then they're gonna open on the 13 oh and i can order through uber eats whenever yeah whenever you know i open from 11 to eight o'clock but on the on the weekend i open uh noon to nine o'clock so. so what are the some of the difficulties because obviously there's more efficiency in a commercial kitchen right from going from the, the your mom's right, kitchen right. what are some of the difficulties that present themselves now being in a commercial kitchen well the difficulty right now well before i cook from my mom's kitchen i take the pre-order you know and i know how many portion i have to make so you know how much product to buy right but right now you know your sale is up in the air who knows right so i have to make on my end my process like okay if i buy a whole case of chicken how do i gonna keep this chicken last longer so i might have to break down to um for example if if a, one case of chicken have 40 pieces i might put um in each bag, I put in a plastic bag. Each bag, I put four pieces. And then I put in the freezer, label it, what day it is, what, you know, and put in the freezer. And I pull out, like, two bags to throw out when, you know, customer order. So I have, you know, um, food to ready to cook. I don't want to put, like, the whole case in the, in the cooler and, you know, if nobody buy it, what, get rotten and throw away. No. Which is one of the major reasons that running a restaurant is so difficult because right. your, your product has an expiration date. Right, right. And now you're dealing with more product. Right. So how have you adapted to that? Because I, I'd imagine if you're taking orders and you know exactly I need to buy this, but now you have to right. be prepared for any order. Right. I, right now, um, we open about three weeks now. Um, still, you know, the, the, the order is, is not steady yet. It's more like up and down. You know, one day you, one of those days I might make, um, 
20 boxes or someday maybe like five boxes, you know. So some stuff I I have on hand, you know, like um, for example, like um, um, Boyani chicken, the, the Indian chicken and yellow rice. Okay. I pre-cooked the chicken like three or four order, you know, like in the morning. And then after they've, they've finished cooking, I cool them down in the cooler. When the order come, I flash back in the um, oven for about 10 minutes to warm it up. And then if order keep coming, I cook some more. I pre-cook some more. So that will speed up my, uh, my service. And you have to do that for every item on the menu. Right, exactly. So, and also we cook, you know, even though my food is, had to be pre-cooked ahead, but we cook more like a batch cook. You know, if you have three order on hand, you sold two, now you're down to one. Okay, you have to cook a couple more. What if the order coming in, you know, you cook some more. Yeah. It's better to have some on hand and, and maybe it, have some left over at the end of the day than not have it prepared. Right, right. Might have it might have left over maybe one or two or three, you know, but better off than do like twenty portion in the morning and you know, you don't know it's gonna sell or not. What if not? You have twenty left for tomorrow to reheat, you know? Which is not a bad thing to reheat tomorrow because you already have it. But what if tomorrow you didn't sell? To go on the third day, 20 pieces, what are you going to do? Throw away? And then you carry for the fourth day, it's not fresh for customer, you know? So that's that's why I try to cut back. Okay, what if I cook four portion and I didn't sell any in four days? What do you do? Guess what? I give away to my friend at restaurant or, you know, bring home, eat it myself, you know? Right. So. So it's, at, it's cost. It's an expense and... Right, right, right. And I, I'm sure that all the small business, I mean, the, the new restaurant owner had to face the problem. Same thing, you know. Any restaurant, any, any kind of restaurant, Chinese, Indian, American, seafood restaurant, you know, new restaurant always face this problem because you, you never know how many people are going to walk in your door of, you know, the first week or first month of your, you know, your business. There might come in 10 people today, might be 100 tomorrow, might be zero next day. You never know. Never know. Right. And that's why I know that the restaurants have, uh, although I've never worked in a restaurant, I do have uh, a lot of friends in New York who have worked in restaurants. So I know a little bit about the workings of it. So like, um, all right, so we have something that if we don't cook it soon, it's going to go bad. So that becomes the special of the day. Those kinds of things. So I know that there's this adaptation that happens as a restaurant owner. Um, a lot of restaurants, even when I work for um, the um, cafeteria corporate, when I work with the, you know, the food um, service company, the, the corporate I work with, same thing. We do the same thing. Like if you, it doesn't mean the food gonna, I, I mean, the food not like bad, bad, but if you're not using in the next, day or two they're gonna go bad or you know you have to throw away your money in the trash um you have to do something with it does uber give you the ability to post a 
Is it a set menu or can you say there's a special of the day? Or is that something that you can do with Uber Eats? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, so yes. it does give you the same ability yes, as a restaurant. Yes, huh? yes. Um, they had, um, you know, they have an uh, application for you. You can go in. Um, they call it dashboard. You can go in any time uh, a day, you know, and adjust it. You know, like, okay, today I think this menu not working. I'm going to take it out. You can delete it out, you know. And also you can put it in. And also they give you ability to um, change the price. If you think, you know, your price is too high or too low, you can go in there and change it, you know. Uh, you can upload your menu, your photo, um, and um, the photo your, of your picture of your, your food, uh, it might take about an hour. But the description when you put is post it right away. Immediately. Yeah, immediately. But the, the picture may, may be uh, by an hour to come up. And also you can adjust your hour as well. In real and, time. Yeah. On You can adjust on the dashboard in your computer or on the, uh, the Uber tablet that you have. You can adjust any, I mean, whatever you like. Whatever you need on the fly. Right, right, right. What other ad adaptations did you have to make once you're in a commercial kitchen now? What other changes? Um, every part of chicken broth you make, you make every day, has to taste the same. Yes. That's when the recipe come in, you know? Right, because when you go to a restaurant and you order your favorite dish, there's a taste that you're expecting. Right, right. That's the one thing with... Um, some of small business or small restaurant, some of the mistake that even myself, sometimes I'm like, you know, okay, let's make, um, today let's make a big pot. And you never measure like, you know, how many spoon of salt, you know, how many gallons of water, how many um, spoon of uh, chicken base, you know, how many cup of soy sauce you put in. You just you know, throw it in. Yeah. Throw it in. Someday it might be taste good, but someday maybe, you know, too bland. Or someday maybe, oh my God, too salty. You know, that's, I try to um, make myself get, get used to that. Like every time I make, I create my own recipe. So now you're right, you're actually writing down your own recipe. Right, right, right. At first, I'm writing, and then I go on computer typing and then printing out. You know, what if in the future I hire somebody to help me cook? That's when they take a look. Right. You know? Yeah. How about adapting to if you're at home and you're just selling, you know, fifty boxes a day, minus your expenses? Well, that's your net profit. Right. What is it like now working with Uber? Oh, Uber take a lot of chunks of your money. Talk about that. How's that um, working? Well, I think it's a great opportunity, you know, for, for me or the other, you know, new business owner to have Uber come in, you know, to uh, very accessible for people out there who want to eat and just want to dry out to get the f to pick up the food. Um, I think 30% is for me, it's pretty fair. You know, if I sell for $10, Uber would take $3 out of it. You know, I think, I think that's fair because they provide you everything. You know, your tablet, um, you know, um, 
your in your dashboard the the application they send you they will tell you exactly how much money you make um how many items you sell like for me how many biryani chicken this week you you know you sells how many um chicken and rice so it does tracking for you also yeah they're tracking you know um so you get to know what's your best selling not right, by right, remembering right, but you right, can actually look right they and also they um they send you a report um weekly and then after um everything clear the money will you know whatever whatever they they took and the rest is your we go to your business bank account so it's very easy for i think for me like as a new business owner to have uber you know helping on the other hand you know they, it's more like they do everything for me you know i by the end of the day i i don't have to like okay you know how many chicken and rice you know so you know you can look at to your dashboard or they tell you exactly you know how many and they have like um one of those page in the dashboard they have like a graph that you know uh from one o'clock to two o'clock you know that's your high time for you and then your downtown for from three to five something like that so it gives you a lot of tools to work with right them. right right exactly so you can adapt and you know right 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 exactly and they're also giving you a marketplace where people are actively looking for food right right which basically right. facilitate customers right and then and also uh when the orders come in you know the tablet will ring and then if you some for some reason either you go to a bathroom or you know you got distracted in the cooler do something they will call you like a automatic call from uber to you that hey you have an order come in you know please accept the order because <laughs> that happened to me one day um I've somebody's trying to give you business <laughs> right well what happened um i think it's a week two weeks ago i was sitting in, in the office at, at the restaurant and i didn't hear anything you know and then my phone ring and it was a voice chain from uber say hey you have order coming in please you know accept your order so i have to run to the tablet so that was, was a good tool to have otherwise i miss it you know yeah so what are what would you think is the major difficulty that you've had here and what did you do to to overcome that um whether it was at home or an uber what was the biggest lesson you've learned at this point um <clears throat> as right now um what I have to learn right now is marketing. You know, that's that's kind of my weakness. My weakness. I can cook. Yes, a lot of people can cook, but how you gonna market your food? You know, for people out there, like, hey, I'm AJ. I make chicken and rice. You know, I'm like, who? Who are you? You know, how you convince them to buy your food, buy your products that is other thing I have to work on. How have you been adapting to that? Um <laughs> I I watch a lot of YouTube. YouTube is wonderful. Right. I watch YouTube and also I watch, you know, those video or um on Facebook or 
on Instagram, you know, and watch the other people post as well. Like, okay, how this business or how this uh, restaurant very famous? How did you know what? How they do to get people to their door? You know, so where are they posting? What do they right, post? Right, right. So I have to learn those kind of uh, platform, and you know, maybe take off ideas from different people. And put them together, and you know, make it mine. So, I still make, um, still working on that. So, so let me ask you this then: What is your what, your opinion on getting started uh-huh. versus waiting until you feel like everything is perfect to get started? Um, that's a good question. I'm I I I experienced that. Um, you know, that as well, like before I open it, before I open my business, that when I talk to my mom, like, hey, maybe I should wait until COVID is clear, you know? And like I say, who knows when it's going to be clear, right? And then what are you going to do? Just sit around, wait? Um, I think it's, it's just, you know, do it or not. That's it. You know, and I almost fifty, so you know, for me, it's like I don't have no time to wait anymore. You know, what if I wait for another year? You know, I'll be fifty-one. You know, I I want by sixty, I want kind of like you know, slow down. So I still have ten years to make it, or you know, or I could be fail. You never know. But if I didn't start now, I wait until next year. So I have nine years left, you know. So yeah, um, you know, I said if you want to start do it, get um, information, you know what you're gonna do, you know, and then just do it. I didn't mean rush to do it, but you know, get your information all together, you know, have your money ready, your backup, and then you can open. Dude, any any business, you know? Because I don't think people ever really feel ready, right? Right. And that may be an excuse in itself. You know, I I I have my old friend back then. They have kids when they were so young. And um, I said, well, you know, I don't think I'm gonna have kids because I'm not ready. And he said, you know what? Never say ready. When you have it, that's when you're ready. You know, you never feel ready to be right, a parent. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I always try to tell people when when people ask me my advice for me about starting a business, I don't feel ready. I need to do more research. I think sometimes it's more important to start, even if it's not perfect. I think a bad plan properly executed is more effective than a perfect plan never executed at all. Exactly. Right? Because never doing it is a failure within itself, right? Right. Because. Um, if you do a research, how much more time you need for research? There's you know, always more research to do. It's, and now you can go to internet, Google. For example, if I, make, if I want to make beef stew, open restaurant for beef stew, it might take me two years to learn all those recipes on YouTube. And you say, well, I still need more research. So when? When are you going to be ready to open? You know? Even even now, I I 
open my business, but still a lot to learn. So and you're always learning, and that's day. the point. You're never gonna learn everything that there every is to day. learn. Even though I cooked that uh, that rice pilaf for so many time, and one those one of those day I still mess it up, you know. And it's good for you to learn like how you're gonna fix it, how you're gonna solve this problem. What's the problem? You know how I do wrong. Okay, maybe the rice, maybe the broth, maybe too much liquid. You know, so on a yeah. So you have to, you have to do it, and learn from the the mistake that you make, and fix it. You know, and keep going, move forward. Yeah, better than wait and do uh, research and never start. So it's easy to focus on things that go bad or quote unquote the failures. It's sometimes more difficult to focus on the successes or the things that are going right. What do you think has been the biggest moment so far in in your journey where you you really felt like wow this is going somewhere? Right. Um, for me, I think you know when I have new customer order and then repeat. I'm like, okay, maybe if I take if I take more time to promote, it might gonna go somewhere, you know, because I can see right now I have two new um, customer, new returning customer. As right now, it's two people. You can keep track on Uber Eats um, on the on your tablet. It tells it will tell you, you know, who ordered what days, how what many they times ordered, they've how ordered, how many time, and they will. Well, when the order come in, they will say return. Repeat customer. Yeah, repeat customer. Oh, very so, nice. Yeah. That, I think, are more opportunity. I think it's opportunity is everywhere. It's up in the air. But is it's up to you to see it and grab it. And that, this is my, my thought. It's everywhere. It's anywhere. It's everywhere in the air. It's just you're going to see it or not. If you're looking for it, you'll right. see it. And you're going to grab it or let it pass by. You got to act. Right. And also, I think be prepared um, is, is one of the key as well. Like for us, as a musician, you want to practice because you never know. Like if somebody call you, hey, Dave, I need some guy. I need somebody to play guitar, you know, and you say, hey, I'm ready. Let's do it. Instead, oh, I need uh, two months to learn the song, you know? And then, like, well, I can't wait for two months. I'll get somebody else, you know, whoever ready to jump in. Yeah, lucky. They say that luck is when preparation meets opportunity, right? Right, right. So right. you may see those opportunities, but, but have not, you prepared for them? But yeah, but you're not ready. And the preparation may just be mental, too, right? Right. Like we said, make just making that decision. Right. Do you think just anybody can start their own business? Absolutely. Absolutely. Look at me. I'm the guy from Thailand. Who am I? You know? You have to you have to start it. You have to start it somewhere. In any career. In anything in the world. You you have to start it somewhere. Everybody has a first day. Right, right. Right. Always the first time for everything. Always. Always. <laughs> I remember my first time in the band, I'm shaking so bad. 
you know, perform in front of people. Even right now, I have been cooking for 20 years now. I've been doing like big catering, big party for 500 people, 1,000 people, you know. But now I own my business. Every time the Uber's, the Uber tab- tablets ring, I'm nervous. I'm ch- <laughs> I'm checking. I'm yeah. like, okay, you know, still jitters. Gonna, yeah, I I still like you know needs to uh, adjust to this. I'm like, okay, when are gonna pick up? You know, do I have enough time to make all this? You know, even though I've done this so many times, but still excited every time, every time it's ring. So just make the decision, guys. It's as simple as that. Just make the decision. You never know if you're going to succeed, if you're going to fail, but you will never know unless you try. Unless you try it. Yep. Unless you try it. And guys, remember that no action is an action in itself. No action or not taking a step is a decision as well. So that procrastination is a decision. And also don't let don't let anybody tell you that you can do until you try it. You know, because some people might say, hey, I don't think it's a good idea for you to do this. How do you know? I haven't tried yet. So, you know, if you if you know in your heart that you can do it, do it. You know, don't let anybody, you know, talk you down. Absolutely. A lot of the times people just put their fears or their insecurities on you. Right. So when you ask them, hey, what do you think? Should I do this? No, no, I don't know. No, They're no. talking about from themselves. Right. Right. But don't right. let that influence you. Right. Right. Go for it. Go for right. it. Right. Make your dreams come true. Yep. You have to take the first step if you want to be financially independent at the end of the day. Absolutely. So, AJ, now that the, the restaurant is in an Uber, you're adapting, you're going to learn um, marketing and stuff like that. Let me ask you, is is your goal to have your own restaurant like or a, like an actual like an actual sit down restaurant? Yes. Oh, no. Not no. at all. No, not at all. Is sit- that even needed anymore? I don't think so. Well, some people still might need it, but I think since COVID came, you know, people were like, hey, I don't need to go to restaurant anymore because everybody do deliveries. They have Uber, they have DoorDash, uh, what, Squad, Grubhub, you name it, you know, tons. Even some restaurants, they have their own delivery people, like a Chinese restaurant or pizza do back then, mm. you know. Um Right now, you might heard a lot of words say cloud kitchen. No. Ghost kitchen. What is that? Virtual kitchen. Um, this is the new concept, you know, for some investor who buy, you know, if, for example, if I have so much money, I want to invest. I'm not open a restaurant. I go, you know, rent or buy the big warehouse and then divide it to you know little space you know like a cubicle for like office you know divide it and then invite all those small business small uh restaurant tour like chef and cook you know um um grandma who cook at home you know grandma cooking home cooked meals stuff like that in and everybody get the food delivery through Uber Eats and no, 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 um, no sit down, no, in no, sto- uh, no storefront, you know? Right. Yeah. My uh, friend of mine just moved to Atlanta because they have been invited 
to the cloud kitchen over there. And they said it's a big warehouse, total of four, 42 restaurants inside, which is no uh, storefront, no sit-down area. It's just orders. Right, right. Wow. It's amazing nowadays that, you know, technology, you, you don't need actual restaurant anymore. Because if you, for example, for me, I share the kitchen with uh, my friend restaurant. You know, I pay rent, but I don't have to fix, you know, all the equipment they fix. I don't have to buy. I just, I just buy what, I, what they don't have, you know, like big pot to cook my chicken, stuff like that. But they have stove, they have fryer, they have everything. They have walk-in cooler, freezer, you know, which is if something breaks down, I don't have to fix. It's like yeah. renting an apartment versus renting a house, right? Something exactly, goes wrong. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Yep. Amazing. Yeah. So no, and I think you're right because COVID also has made the dining experience different, right? Right, right. You can just order now. And although right. we've, we've already been ordering, but it's really cemented this, I, right. it never even dawned on me right. that the end goal for a cook doesn't have to be a restaurant right in the traditional sense of storefront right. sit down right and think about it um you know amazon have prime amazon prime you you order stuff like tonight like right now as we talk and you know your product order will show up your door tomorrow before 8 a.m if you right need it. right you know or a little later and also right now i heard um amazon do um delivery uh grocery too yes you know? And they're also expanding to drone delivery. Right. So. Well, I'm really, I think you just blew my mind that it, it, it didn't, why would it dawn on me? I'm not in the restaurant right. business. Oh, and also, here's a cool thing. I, I rent my friend restaurant. I rent it, but I don't have to have the business license. I don't because I'm inside his restaurant. You know? That's a good point. But I have to set up my own company. You know, I set up my own company, Ming's Kitchen. I have my own sales tax. Right, but, for your income, for right, what you're selling. Right, But, but the, the food, whatever license it is you need, doesn't rest on you. No, no. Think about if you wow. open your restaurant, actual restaurant, sit-down restaurant, you have to have that license. Yeah. You know? Through the food department, whatever. Right. Whatever it is. Right. And Inspections, then, all, none of that falls on you. No, none of that. You know, amazing because I'm under his restaurant, kind of under, but we totally separate. You know, yeah. I mean, you still have to follow guidelines right, and everything, right, but but right, the point absolutely. is that that's a lot of overhead, a lot of preparation, a lot of legal stuff, right? That you wouldn't even have to take into right, right. Amazing, right? Like at night when I ready to close my. You know, I just clean my area and mop that area, <laughs> you know. And the rest of the kitchen is his problem. Yeah. And I wash my own dishes, you know, and the rest, they have to take care of it, you know. Think about if you own it, like real, real restaurant, you know, you have to clean every inches, you know. So, yeah, I never thought one day is this thing really happen, you know, until now. Like, wow, really? Yeah. You, if, if you think about like 10 years ago, you talk about this idea, people are going to say you're crazy. You're crazy. Yeah. How yeah. that, that going to exist? You want to have a restaurant, you need to open a restaurant yeah. with guests and tables and yeah. stuff. Whoever thought this is going to be exist nowadays? 
It's amazing. Amazing. Yep. Uh, AJ, before we, we wrap up here, if you could give yourself one piece of advice, if you could go back into the past, be it about anything, about cooking, about business, about anything, what would be the, the one tip that you would tell yourself? Just keep working hard. Keep working hard, nonstop. Keep That's doing it. it. That's it. That's always, it. Uh, the hard working always pay off at the end. Absolutely. Good advice. So where can we find you? Where can people order from Uber for you? For you? Um, right now you can go to Uber Eats and type in Ming's Kitchen, M-E-N-G apostrophe S, Kitchen, Ming's Kitchen. And also you can find me on Facebook, same thing, Ming's Kitchen, and also IG. And IG is going to be a little bit uh, different. It's M-E-N-G-S dot Kitchen. Okay. And then you can see a menu on there. Um, if you live far away for Uber to deliver to you, you can uh, message me and you can come pick it up. If, if you like to drive, you can come pick it up. So, Absolutely. The food is great. Uh, AJ is a very talented cook. Oh, I you. especially love, and um, so does my girlfriend, the... Uh, coconut chicken soup uh-huh. and the beef with pineapple. What's the name of that? Of that oh, dish? Um, that called uh, Masaman. Masaman is actually is Thai food, but is um, Indian influence. I think we got influence from India um, who bought all those, you know, curry and spices to Thailand. Um, the original one in Thailand, you won't find pineapple in there. Oh. You know, the Masman curry police is going to kill me. <laughs> um, um, actually, they put carrots, onion, and potato. And, you know, and I'm so lazy to go to the store, buy potato. I'm like, hey, um, the, the, the original Masman, you had to put um, uh, tamarind paste at the end to give you a little sourness to cut the sweetness. Mm. And since I take potato out, I'm like, okay, what should I put? And I don't want to go buy tamarind paste either. And then, you know, a friend of mine, he's one of, um, you know, a chef, very, very talented chef. He said, hey, put some pineapple in there. You know, make your musman stand out from those musman from Thai restaurant. So I took his advice. It's very good. It works. Yeah, it works. And us Colombians, we put pineapple on so many things. So for us, it's, it's, it's delicious. Right. It's delicious. Very talented, guys. Meng's Kitchen. Uh, you can find them on Instagram, Uber Eats and everything. AJ, thank you very much for coming. Thank you for having me, Dave. It's been a pleasure. In the future, I'd like you to come back and we can uh, have an episode on music. Absolutely. Because, you know, this is, uh, again, guys, this is the We Should Talk podcast. I'm your host, Dave Ardonias. This is episode two of the Entrepreneurship Series, but there are other series within the podcast as well. So, guys, thank you very much for tuning in. One more time, AJ, thank you so much. See you guys next time.